Welcome into the B section podcast. And you're right, uh, something sounds different. Uh, this is Logan Hill's voice you're hearing, not the great Kirk Lovison. I'm joined today by David Goff. It's just David and I in the, I guess we'll call this a studio in, in the sure. back room. Yeah, of the, absolutely. The morning times. We're getting ready to record a podcast here. So it's a, another week. It's it's rounding down playoff time up in the valley in Bradford County. NTL kind of winding down. New York school is kind of winding down. And it's, it's all coming down to the final stretches for, for some of these area teams. So without further ado, I guess I want to start with you, David. You were last weekend. So recording yeah. on Thursday. This will come out tomorrow on Friday. You're listening to this. It's, it's Friday. Happy March 1st. Uh, oh by my the gosh! Way. Yeah. yeah, look at that go. It's, we're, um, we're, on, we're on February 29th right now yeah, as we this, speak. This might be one of the only <laughs> podcasts ever to be recorded on Leap Day 2024. <laughs> so, you guys are a part of that too. But David, I want to kick it over to you. You were in Albany last weekend, end of last week for yeah. for New York State wrestling. Yeah, the wrestling season in New York is over, and for the fifth year in a row, Tioga Central has a team title at the individual state champions at championships, and they. Shattered the previous NISA record with 210 points at the state championships, breaking their own record of 157 from last year. So they had, they sent 10 kids there, which is remarkable in and of itself. All 10 of them medaled, mm. which is crazier. They had four, four of them went to the championships. Usman Dunkinson's the only one to actually complete the championship for them. He won the 160-pound bracket. He won his championship match 16 to nothing, a tech fall. He, he hasn't, he never lost after his, the middle of his sophomore season. He, he finishes his career with 95 straight wins. So. Usman, correct me if I'm wrong. Usman was the you interviewed him and he said it's always cool to get a new T-shirt, right? Yeah, so, so I was after that was after the dual meet state championship. So, so yeah, probably he got another T-shirt yes. now for him too. So that's uh, pretty cool. But the other kids who made it to the championship for Tioga were. Hold on here. I should know this off the top of my head. It's fair. No, we're at 10 kids is a lot, and we're in notebook <laughs> season because there's a lot going on. Uh, so. But other seniors in Gianni Silvestri and Kane Bellis both made it in 138 and 152. They both lost their matches by one point. So they came very, very close. Gianni was going for his third championship, like Usman, was, Usman did. Kane was going, Bellis was going for a second. But they both just came up short. Jalen Dunginson, Usman's little brother, a sophomore, made it to his first ever championship match. He pinned everybody on the way there in the first period. He just he was dominant throughout his bracket. He, he was down twelve to two in the third period of his championship match before getting pinned with five seconds left. So he just kind of ran into a buzz saw there. And you said he's Usman's younger brother, yes. so he's like, did you say? Did you say what grade he's in? Sophomore, sophomore. Maybe? Yeah, yeah. So was that more of a case of just running into like an upperclassman? Honestly, I I think so. Yeah, I I, was, I don't know the top of my head mm -hmm. what his opponent was, but that's my guess. He just ran into some experience. That, that's something that feels like it happens a lot. Yeah. From, and we'll get into this, but down at the PIAA districts down at Williamsport, that was something that Bill Sexton, Tawana's coach, said. Mason Higley, like I said, we'll get into it, but he, Mason Higley's had a dominant season, and he finishes second at the district tournament, and that's all Sexton, that, Sexton said more than that, but he said the guy he went up against the senior, Mason's a junior, Mason will be back next year, so. Yeah, and Jaden, he's he's a sophomore, but he's had three high school wrestling mm -hmm. seasons, and he's finished third place, third place, and second place at States, so that's, he's that's young, but he has also has the experience. That's good motivation to yeah. get back there and finish one, especially with two years to go, but yeah. what else was going on out there? So, uh, just to round off what Tioga did, they had those four finalists, 
they had three third place finishers and Caden Cole, Logan Bellis, and Drew Maycumber. Maycumber, unfortunately for himself, was in Usman Duncanson's bracket, mm. and he lost two Duncanson in the semifinal. But that's pretty cool for Tioga to have two kids of your own facing each other in the state semifinal. Uh, fourth place, Declan McKee and Tyler Rowe. Tyler Rowe had an incredible... He had the most exciting matches for mm-hmm. Tioga because on Friday in the quarterfinal, he was down... Well, he was up 5-4 to four in the second period of this quarterfinal. And then for the final 30 seconds of that second period, he was on his back fighting for his life not to get pinned. Somehow he was able to stave that off. But he had lost six points in that process, and he was down 10 to 5 in the third period, going into the third period. And then he rattles off five takedowns in the third period to win 15 to 13. He had the game winning takedown with, or match winning takedown with. Five. I kind of like that, though, uh, game winning yeah, takedown. But, but yeah, it was the match winning takedown yeah. with five seconds left. It was the most exciting wrestling match I've ever seen personally because it was high scoring. At, I mean, you scored 10 points in the final mm-hmm. two minutes. It was crazy. And then in his. Uh, his match to get to the third place match where he ended up going in fourth. He was down four to three with 10 seconds left and had a takedown in the final 10 seconds to win that. So he had a very dramatic weekend. How many, how many matches this year have you seen that have gone to sudden victory? For me, it's probably like three. I've probably seen seen more than that. Really? Yeah. I I feel like I've only seen a couple, but they're always electric because it's just anything Anything goes, like, the next point to be yeah. scored is going to win it. when we get to Waverly as Troy Beeman, I'll have a couple of those to talk okay. about. But uh, for Tioga, rounding them off, Deacon Bailey was the 10th wrestler there for Tioga and also the 10th placer. He was the 12th seed at 145 pounds. He finished in 6th. Wow. So, I mean, he wasn't he didn't finish as high as his, uh, his teammates, but he had the biggest jump, which was impressive enough. And he's a senior, so Tioga... I think they had six seniors at this thing. So they had six of the 10 seniors there who were seniors. And uh, so it's a great wrestling program. I'm sure they'll be back and they'll probably still win in the future. Tioga had three straight football championships, three straight dual meet state championships in wrestling, and now five straight team titles in the individual state championships for wrestling. That's an incredible senior class that they have that they're going to be losing. And I'm sure they have a lot of, they do have a lot of young kids. I'll keep it going. But you talk about Caden Bellas and Usman Duncanson and those kind of guys, those couple of the best athletes in Tiago Central history. It gets to a point where, uh, and a couple of these things are going to sound like cliche. It's, but they just, they've created a culture of winning, yeah. right? So now you I've just, never seen a culture more like Tioga's mm-hmm. culture, if that makes any sense. But. And then also just like maybe this is a a golden, I don't know, golden generation feels like the wrong term, but like a couple of good classes of athletes back to back to back and you can reach the kind of heights Tioga's. But I mean, it's we've become numb to it coming in here to talk about it every week. Yeah. But three straight football, three straight dual meet, three five straight individual, that stuff doesn't happen every day. So just a really great era of athletics for this for these Tioga kids and this Tioga team. Yeah, and as I was leaving Albany on Saturday night, the thought came to mind that, you know, Usman Duncanson won the state championship like the football team did where he just crushed everybody. It wasn't really even competitive. And then Waverly's state championship on Saturday with Troy Beeman was a lot like the Waverly football team and the dramatic, the storyline and all that. Troy Beeman was the fifth seed in 285 pounds. He took care of his number 12 seed opponent in the first round. I think it was a first round pin. And then he goes and faces 
in the quarterfinal, number four, Hamza Merrick of Wilson. And Merrick, let me tell you, was the fan favorite in Albany all weekend long. They're, I, was he a senior, do you know? Just junior. Okay, wow. Yeah, so that's, that was the funny thing. People were like, is he going to be back next year? I'm like, he looks like he's a junior. And people are like, yes. Uh, so he's, just, he's this big dude who, when he gets a hold of somebody, he throws him down and people get really excited by it. So anytime he would be holding on to the guy and getting his position, you could hear... Not just the Wilson people in the crowd, but the 10,000 people or so, whatever. People go, oh, and then he'd either get the takedown and people like, yeah, or he or the other guy would fend him off and the crowd would be like, ah, <laughs> and uh, you would hear that a lot on Saturday, but he was only in the consolation round on Saturday because Troy Beeman beat him in oh, Southern victory. Okay. Three to two, I believe it was. And uh, it was very low scoring. It was one of those things where the guys were just holding onto each other's shoulders, trying to find something. Beeman's, all three po- points of his were escapes. So okay. it wasn't even like anything exciting. He was just able to last longer. So he gets into Saturday in the semifinal round. There he faces the number one seed. Clearly going to be a tough matchup mm-hmm. for him. He's He gets up six to four in the third period, I think it was. And I'm trying to think here. Anyway, it was eight to six. It was eight to six after some controversial moment where Waverly thought the other kid shouldn't have been rewarded a takedown late in the period. But they gave it to the kid. But with 10 seconds left, Troy Beeman gets a takedown. They make it 10 to six. Basically closes the match out. It was cool, too, because you could see the Waverly crowd. Where I was standing, you could see the Waverly contingent in the background jump up and yell as soon as that takedown happens, knowing that Troy just upset the number one seed is going to the championship round. And in the championship round, once again, overtime. Mm. So, and he was also the final match of the entire tournament. Yeah, because like, 285, 285, right? 285, so. and even the Division One 285-pound uh, match was done. So okay. he was the only one going, the last one going. And it was four to four in overtime. About 30 seconds into it. I mean, that the first 30 seconds of overtime, they're just holding onto their sh- each other's shoulders, trying to stay in position. And that's the one thing uh, head coach Stephen Whitman told me. is like, the one thing Troy never, ever does is get out of position. And that's how he was able to win the championship, where he like he's holding on to the guy, and he finds his move where he kicks out his right leg, trips up the guy. And I'm on the floor, two feet away from the mat. And I'm like right there looking at it. I just see in slow motion, his leg kick out, take the guy down. What a moment. Cause you could see the coaches in the background, jump up and scream. And you could hear the Waverly crowd again, screaming. It was a really cool moment. And Troy, and if you've seen my article on that on two, this past Tuesday, you could see the photo of Troy on top of the kid with the biggest smile on his face, knowing that he just did it. The ref actually let it right out for a minute to try to let him get a fall. That didn't ultimately happen, but he got the near fall, and it was a nine to four victory. But that was what an electric moment to yeah. win uh, win a championship in overtime like that. Yeah, absolutely. I read the story. I'm biased. I, I work with David. I work here, so but it was a good story. I enjoyed it. The photos were good too. Matt Patton, right? Yeah, was Matt Patton has some great photos. So that was a great moment for uh, for Troy Beeman and Waverly, and then it sounds like a great overall weekend for Tioga. Oh, but I want to say other sure. outside of Beeman, the only other wrestler from. For Waverly was Matthias Wells. He came in as the ninth seed at 215 pounds. He had a bad start to the tournament. He lost 8-1 to one in the, his first round match. 
came back, pinned the next four guys he faced, and ended up in sixth place. So all 12 kids from the Morning Times coverage area went to Albany and left it with a medal. That's pretty good. You yeah. can't ask for much more than that. And it's uh, for guys that maybe didn't get to the top of the podium, it's definitely a good place. If they have years left, it's a good place to start, right? And, yeah. and name for more next year for some of those seniors. Good way to end a career, especially someone like Usman Dungan. Yeah. Like you said, all, all he's kind of done is win and gets the job done. He gets another T-shirt, right? He's a senior this year yeah. as well. Yeah, and, and Troy, is he's a, he's a sophomore. So, so Troy, he has, he's going to come back. He's Troy does back. that this year. He's going to have some more eyes looking his way. He's not going to be able to sneak up on anybody, yeah. so to speak. And, and he might be that favorite. Like you said, the what was the name of the guy that was the favorite? Hamza Merrick. Yeah, Hamza Merrick. Which is so, I, I can't think of the Waverly kid from last year, but the Hamza Merrick kid, he has two losses in the state championship rounds in the last two years. Both the Waverly kids. Wow, and he's, okay. the, and he's the fan favorite of the arena. You could just tell so everyone's laughing, and he like anytime he hits that pin or takedown, or whatever, or you know he has his hand raised in victory, he's pumping up the crowd because he knows everyone loves him. It was, it was it was funny to watch, but the Waverly kids have his number apparently. So I'll shift over. It'll be my turn to talk for a minute now. Um, I was while David was up in Albany for New York. I was down at Williamsport for PIAA District Four. A uh, bunch of bunch of teams in action, whether it was Athens, Tawanda, Wailusing had Aiden Hunsinger there, NEB had uh, Mason Alexander was there, Troy had a couple of kids there, Canton had some guys there. I think yeah. that's everybody. Um, so a couple of local district champions, Sawyer Robinson at 285 wins it for Tawanda. It was, again, the last match of the night, and it was a great match. Sawyer uh, wrestles at 285. But uh, and I think uh, Coach Sexton said this. He's coming in at about one ninety. Yeah, but he yeah, is yeah. Uh, probably. I, I'm not great with height, but maybe six three, six six four. He's a tall, and he's tall and like lanky, so he's able to use his his long his reach and his quickness to kind of outmaneuver some going up weight classes, so to speak. And so he gets the he gets the district championship win there. Uh, Mason Higley, I alluded to it already, comes in second to Southern Columbia's Garrett Garcia. Uh, Football player Garrett Garcia, state champion Southern Columbia. So just okay. rounding out a senior year with a district title on the wrestling mat. Other than that, uh, Sullivan County's Colton Wade comes out. He wins the that was one hundred and twenty one pounds, and then uh, Lyle Vermelia and Hudson Ward for Canton both take second place. Uh, Lyle wrestled his match. Hudson did not. I believe it was an injury default. Um, but I got to talk to Hudson. I talked to all the runner ups and champions. Uh, except I did not talk to Mason. He did eclipse his 100th win nice. on the year beforehand. Uh, other than that, Tawanda finishes fourth in the team points. Canton goes fifth. So okay. th they advance on a couple other other guys that are going to be in action at regionals, which is coming up this weekend, which um, I'm not sure if it's every year, but Williamsport feels like the hot spot to be for this like two-week stretch. It sounds like it. So yeah. the wrestling's back down there again this weekend, as far as I know. Uh <laughs> Districts was there. Regionals will be there, what I just said. Swimming's there right now. They yeah. were there yesterday. They're going to be there today. Um, not today if you're listening to this. This is Friday. But on Thursday, they're going to be there. Uh, Troy girls and boys basketball was playing there on Tuesday. So we, through the millionaires, which we might have to have a, a mascot nickname ranking on this show one day. <laughs> millionaires has got to be up there somewhere. It's pretty cool. So, so some other guys that are going to advance one of the regionals from districts include Athens, Mason Vanderpool, he finished third. Lucas Pearson, Carson Sipley, Cooper Robinson, and Caleb Nason. But maybe one omission that maybe some people around the area weren't exactly expecting was uh, Athens' Josh Nittinger. And, and you've covered him throughout this year. What yeah. more can you tell me about just his season? Because he came, I believe he just missed the podium at seven. 
seventh. Yeah, he had an early loss in that that kind of, I mean, put him in the consolation round, and he just, I saw, uh, I I saw the quote from head coach Sean Bradley that he made a mistake in the early round, and then he just lost the next day. Bit of a heartbreaker when you know the kid, how nice of a kid he is, and how much hard work he's put in. And I know that's all cliche stuff, mm-hmm. but he's a senior, and he that, that was his goal. He came so close to States last year and just missed out on it. And it was it was a bit of a shock when I heard in New York this week from Matt Pan that he had missed it. Um, it just thinks you know you see a kid a senior like that who's there. I would argue to say their best wrestler. It's you can't really go between weight classes. It's hard to say. You yeah, know, well, but, that's I'm gonna I'm gonna like take a step back, and I'm not a wrestling expert. I'm yeah. not gonna pretend to be. From watching this year, from trying to learn, from just going to a bunch of meets, it feels like as you go higher up in weight class, it sort of the results can get more volatile. So, like at two eighty five, for example, like and even like in Troy Beeman's case is is yeah. a good example. He was the fifth seed. Yeah, yeah. A couple breaks go his way, and he's wrestling in the finals, and he's winning it, and it was an overtime. So, yeah. so maybe that's just what happened in Ninninger. I wasn't there yet for that part of the day, but once it feels like once you have to battle back through that, they call them the blood rounds, the consolation yeah. rounds. Once you're already down one the board it feels like sometimes it's kind of hard to get all the way back into it but nonetheless a great career for him at yeah, athens comes and, uh, up a little bit short but yeah and uh i think with the exception of mason vanderpool the other four kids for athens are not seniors so for them to get to regionals right now is a really good sign for them moving forward that they'll be even better and get further and i mean they might get as far as they can this year too so but it's a good sign for athens wrestling that they have these young kids making it far Elsewhere, Canton's Holden Ward, Michael Davis, Sullivan County's Andrew Capic, Cruz McCusker, Tawanda's Tanner Vanderpool, Riley Vanderpool advanced. Uh, Troy had two guys just missed fin- seventh place finishes. That was Reed Palmer and Kenyon Slater. And then, like I said, NEB's Mason Alexander was there. He battled to an eighth place finish. I'm looking just at some other guys that were just close. Uh, Braden Spencer for Tawanda. He was at seventh. Canton's Carson Rockwell, Mason Harold was eighth as well as Rockwell. And then while losing Colt Patrick was seventh. And then the last thing I had written down here was Nittinger just missed with a seventh place finish. So yeah. a bunch of guys are going on to regionals and t- talking to coaches at this point in the year, it's just let's get as many guys as we can to keep their season rolling, yeah. keep their season rolling. Tawanda has done that. They have a bunch of guys that are going to continue to compete. Canton still has some guys, some heavy hitters, some, some guys that were key members of their lineup this year. Why Lucing's Aiden Hunsinger are going to go on. He's had a great year. And like I said, the only other note I had on from districts was Higley goes over 100. He becomes the second Black Knight this season to do so. He joins Riley Vanderpool. So anytime, that feels like the threshold number wrestling-wise. Yeah, I would say at the state championships in New York this past weekend, anytime at any round someone had a 100th career win, it was announced the entire arena. It, you it's something you notice. And then for both of these guys, Vanderpool and Higley specifically, they're both juniors. So you come back, you have another 40 plus matches to look at in your senior year. So you're talking about finishing up near the top of some of the like all times win lists for Tawanda and Tawanda has a storied program. So I don't know how attainable, how feasible that is, but big, a big good moment for the junior and Sexton said, I have at the end of this story right here, Mason Higley works as hard as anybody. You're not going to find a kid who works harder. So anytime your coach says something like that about you, that's a pretty good pretty good space to be in. Yeah. The only other thing I have wrestling-wise, and if I'm missing something, please forgive me. This is the first time wearing the host hat, really, <laughs> for a long time. But uh, the girls' championships, so yes. the girls' wrestling championships, they were down, I think they're at Milton next, uh, but they were down near Williamsport area 
couple weekends ago for so, districts. Yeah, yeah, for districts. So now it's going on to the regional. Yeah, it, and yeah, Athens has a contingent of people going. Sarah has Layla Bennett, who might be the top seed in her class. Uh, Makaya Brown also. Yeah. Yes. I, off the top of my head, I can't. Yeah, no, remember, that, I threw that one out of left field to you. Yeah, I'll uh, pull up. I have the list, so I'll pull that up. But while I do that, um, let's shift. Let's start to shift to basketball. We'll come back. We'll wrap up <laughs> wrestling. But to shift to basketball, you were at Waverly Wednesday night, and it sounds like you were treated to quite quite the game. Yes. Uh, <laughs> how many things can you say about Joey Tommaso? Because Probably about said- as many <laughs> as you can say about Tioga football. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it was the st- uh, state. Uh, I, I corrected myself in my article before I had it published last night. I had state semifinal. That was not the case. It was the section semifinal. But uh, Waverly in the section semifinal for the first time in, well, since last year, they're trying to get to the section championship for the first time in seven years. It's also a championship game they haven't won since 96. So they're at a point where they win. If they won last night, they're at a point where they could win something for the first time in nearly 30 years. This game coming up. Yes. Okay. Yes, I was trying to make sure I could say that correctly. But so Waverly hosted Dryden last night. It's actually the last game in that gym before it's fully renovated the next year, I think. But Waverly got off to a hot start last night based because of Joey Tommaso. He had the first 17 points, which is a crazy sequence for him. He was... Nine to four early on, and then Tommaso had eight points in 36 seconds. He hit a three-pointer, interception on the other end, came down for a fast-break layup, interception on the other end again, got it to Colson Keithley, and then Keithley got it right back to Tommaso, and Tommaso sank another three. So just like that, it was 17 to four Waverly. They would never have a lead smaller than eight points the rest of the way. Tommaso finishes with 39 points of the 60 to 48 win. He had six three-pointers. He even had, at the end of the third quarter, when Dryden was trying to stay in it, they fouled him on a half-court heave, which is just boneheaded, really. Yeah, that's, then, that's one of those moments when coaches are just like, no fouls, no yeah. fouls. And uh, Tommaso sank all three free throws, so Waverly was up 15 going into the fourth quarter, and even though Dryden had a 7-0 run to begin the fourth, it didn't matter much. It was... It was, the, it was the Joey Tommaso show. What else can you say? 39 points of the 60 for them. And we're talking about it and we're going back through it, but I think we need to make a point that that's not normal. <laughs> that's special. Yeah. 17 points to open the game from yeah. one player in a high school basketball game. Yeah. That doesn't happen too much. So that's pretty cool. And to finish with 39 points, that's in – I'm assuming – New York's eight-minute quarters as well, right? Like, I haven't been yeah, at yeah, heavy yeah. coverage of many New York games. The yeah. only New York team I covered, they played in PA, so I didn't even get the <laughs> shot clock experience. Yeah. But to do that in that amount of time, spending some time on the bench, I'm sure he doesn't spend too much time there, but well, that's to funny. get so, some rest. So. He he had the first 17 points of the game, and then he was taken out with a minute 40 left in the first quarter for a break, and then he came back in uh, and at the beginning of the second quarter. He only had four points in the second quarter, so it was a quieter period for him, and it was... It was like the only point where Dryden felt like they couldn't make it a game, but they really couldn't. Uh, but for the last minute of the first half, Tommaso immediately went to the trainer and went to the trainer's room. We're like, uh-oh, what's going on here? You just had this crazy hot start. And is he hurt again? He didn't look hurt to me. I'm like, this is odd. Turns out he was just getting his ankle retaped. It was nothing. But uh, 
Yeah, he, he was hot the entire night because he had that hot start, but then he had three three-pointers in the first quarter and three three-pointers in the third quarter. So it was great game from him, and it was the one they needed because they there was a kid, Alexander Scott from Dryden, who's my height, basically, 6'4". I was going to say, six the, pe- the people at home can't, if they don't remember, <laughs> they, don't, they can't yeah. see you. So, okay. but he, So ba- a big, tall guy. Yeah, he, he was a problem for... The guys down low for Waverly last night. He, I don't know how many blocks he had, but it was close to 10, I want to say. So if Tommaso wasn't hot from the three-point line, and Jay Piper had three triples himself. So they were good from outside last night, and they desperately needed that to keep themselves ahead that entire night. Okay, so that's pretty good. So now Waverly in a position to do something that they haven't done in this millennium. That yeah. game will be on Sunday. It sounds like Sunday it's be, morning. It's going to be like an eleven forty-five tip-off yes. or something. The, like that. There's the Class B girls championships at ten a.m. Um, oh, yeah. So it's I don't I don't get it, but it is what it is. Uh, but they're playing Waverly. Will be playing Lansing, who is the number two seed. Waverly being the number one seed. Waverly beat Lansing at Lansing, sixty-one to forty-seven earlier. Well. I guess it's March tomorrow when you hear this. So last month on February 5th. It still isn't second. <laughs> but yeah, Waverly should Waverly look, has a very good chance of getting their section championship if they play the way they played the first time against Lansing. So yeah, yeah that's going to be a good one. It's going up in Binghamton. So if yeah. you can make the trip on your Sunday morning, if you don't have something else going on, I'm sure the Waverly community, the the Waverly team would like the support. And they're play, we just sat here and talked about it for what, four or five minutes. They're playing exciting basketball. Yeah. So if, if that's something, if you got some time Sunday, that's not afternoon yet, but that's like between morning and <laughs> afternoon. So if you can get out there, that's going to be up in Binghamton. You had the name of the arena. The vision. I've seen two different names of it. The bracket on section4.com has like Visions FCU Arena, but it, I, I've seen it also Visions Veterans Memorial Arena. Okay, we'll go with allegedly, what was it? Visions Veterans Memorial Arena. Allegedly that, that's what we'll go I with. I would assume people in this area know more about yeah. it than we do. Yeah, actually, so <laughs> that's a good point. Um, other than that, so that game will be coming up Sunday. I'll shift to the basketball on my side, but before I do that, I'm going to close out wrestling. The list I have here, and just... Uh, correct me if, if any of these names don't sound like the right names. What I have written down was it looks like Athens, Mary Henry, Emma Renninger, Hannah Rathbun, Ashlyn Van Fleet, Abigail Wagner, and Leah Nason. Those are Wildcats. And then Sayers, Layla Bennett, Micaiah Brown. And then finally, Northeast Bradford's Anaya Colasar all going to be competing regionals. Yeah. And we mentioned it last week, but the Athens girls just won the first ever District 4 championship in girls wrestling history. So... Seems things seem pretty promising for them, and I don't know what the competition is at regionals, but hey, they have a, a pretty good shot here. That's been something that's been a cool part to be, I guess, a fly on the wall is the way I'll phrase it. But it feels, and, and I might have this wrong, but it feels like girls wrestling is really starting to take off in the last couple of years, yeah, Pennsylvania wise. And we know Pennsylvania loves wrestling. This area loves wrestling, but I, I believe I read something this week that said that they wouldn't sponsor it until a hundred teams had it or something okay. like that. Yeah. So I guess they finally reached those thresholds and now we're getting district tournaments. <clears throat> now we're getting regional tournaments and it's really good because it grows yeah. the sport. So coming from North Carolina, my last job, they were just getting into girls wrestling. Obviously Pennsylvania is now too. New York next this year, New York's Girls Wrestling State Championship was an invitational, not necessarily sanctioned by NISFA. Next year, it will be the official state championship for the girls. So, it, it girls wrestling is very real now. Yeah, we'll leave it to you guys to decide what's the fastest growing sport, whether that's girls wrestling or whether that's pickleball. <laughs> Two good choices right now, but shifting to basketball on my end in the last week or so, a 
district playoffs, so we're getting close to the state tournament. Now we're at like the district final portion of the season. Uh, Troy boys are going to be playing district final against number one Loyal Sock. That's down at Montoursville High School Saturday night, 7.30 tip. They survived a thriller to get there. They haven't lost a game all year. This was their closest one yet. I believe they had one game um, not beating the other team by at least double digits, and that was a nine-point win over Lewisburg. Unbeaten, they're playing Southern Columbia down at Williamsport High School, the Williamsport Millionaires. I, I never get tired of saying it. I think it's an awesome mascot. Uh, I'm not a Williamsport homer, I promise. Troy Girls will go on. They'll play at Loyal Soccer on th- at 3 o'clock on s- Saturday, not Sunday. That whole Waverly Sunday yeah, is throwing me off. Yeah. They'll play Saturday. They're going to play Bloomsburg for the third place game. They win that, they go to states. The boys, I believe they've locked up a state appearance by making it to the district final game. They're going to have a chance to win their second straight district final and their third appear- third straight appearance. They're going to play top-seeded Loyal Sock. Uh, but to get there, they go against Southern Columbia, a 70-68 to win, and it was... Probably about that tight the whole way. There was a couple of times Troy had some leads. Uh, I believe in the third quarter they were up by a couple of baskets. But it was never more than 10 points. It was never at a point where it's like, okay, Troy's rolling. They're putting this one away. And down into the closing seconds there, uh, Southern Columbia gets a chance. Somehow, some way, they get a chance. They're down 70-68. to 68. They get the ball back under Troy's hoop. Four seconds left. Inbound. Ball handler falls down. Jump ball. Tie up on the floor. Two guys go after it. They get it back. seconds left. They're going to get a chance to tie or win. Great pass across court to the three-point line. Shot wouldn't go. Troy hangs on. 22 of 24 in the game from the free throw line for the Trojans. Huge. Yeah, that's big. Huge. uh, (laughs) One of the questions Coach Bob Woodward got asked afterward was, hey, they shot 22 of 24. Can't ask for much more. He jokingly said we could ask for two Two more. more, But 22 (laughs) of 24 in a game that big. In a high school level, that's just massive. That's – you – you can't ask for anything better. Yeah. Like, like I guess you can't ask for two yeah. more makes, but that's a, it's a crazy because that's across the whole team at that point to make twenty two free throws. And Shooting ninety plus percent out of free throw line at any level of basketball is huge. When you needed them too, so yeah. they win by two points. They're able to hang on there and they'll advance to the district final. The girls go down to a good Hughesville team, fifty five to forty. That was a great game through two quarters. It was twenty three twenty one. Hughesville hit a buzzer beater to end the first half from the three point line. So they go up twenty three to twenty one to go into the locker room. Then they just kind of um, put the hammer down. I guess is the phrase I'll use in that third quarter. Pull away a little bit. Troy gets back into it in the fourth, but Hughesville still outscores them by one more point than that. So they something that it gets talked about in the NBA. I don't hear it talked about in like other portions of basketball. Say, and I, this is like a way I've gone to thinking about things like winning the quarter. So like, wh- however you score. So like, Troy came up a point shy of winning the fourth quarter, so to speak. They're gonna fall. They they go into that third place game. It's been a great season for them. They first NTL title in almost thirty years. Yeah. First NTL showcase win ever so they're gonna get a chance to add a state bid to that resume for this season before before it'll ultimately draw to a close here in the next week or so couple weeks other than that neb and why had a district semifinal on last saturday before i went down to williamsport for the wrestling that was a good game it was close i again believe close through two quarters and then northeast kind of pulls away there in that third they're able to take it there the top overall seed so they will now play i'm gonna pull that up because i haven't looked at that in a minute they're gonna play on friday at wellsboro while losing will also play at wellsboro in, in different games wells um excuse me why losing is gonna play northumberland christian in the third place game chance to go to states on the line there and then NEB, uh, again, should have locked up a state bid, right? Because they're going to play in the district final. They're yeah. going to play for... Yeah, I think it's the top three. 
Yeah, so that's the interesting thing between New York and Pennsylvania is the section for New York. You you have to win the section to go to states. Pennsylvania clearly has a much larger state bracket. You get three spots in it for per district, I guess. Yep. So they will play at seven thirty against number two seeded Muncie with the title of champion on the line. So that's that's really all basketball wise going on around the Pennsylvania side of things, the Daily Review coverage area. So other than that, uh, we did what we didn't touch on yet was Athens. Sare, uh, their seasons come to an end. Basketball. Yeah, we, we mentioned Sare last week. Okay. But uh, Athens boys, they had their first round game last Friday against, as the number 16 at number three, Danville. They lost that only one by 20. Just, you know, tough draw. But uh, so, but a very good season for the Athens boys. They weren't, they lost a lot of good key talent last year. A thousand point scorer. Yeah. That and Mason Lister. Yes. And uh, I think it was, I think Corey Miller was the only returning starter this year this year's varsity team for Athens and uh they, they had a winning record they had I can't it was a 13 and 9 something like that it was a good season they had some really good games in there it was a good season for them uh Waverly girl yeah let's jump back to the morning times but Waverly girls also had their first section playoff game on Friday they lost that one 51 to 15 the Shenango Valley they were once again without their top scorer, Riley Judson. So just a, 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 bru- a rough way for their season to end. They were 8-2 and two to start the year, finished at 9-10, and just going to get it going for a while. And uh, Tioga, Tioga Boys Basketball. That was the, the other section playoff game I was at. They would ultimately fall to Lansing on Saturday in the quarterfinal of the section tournament. They were up by two going into the fourth quarter of that game and lost 71 to 58. But before that, I went to Susquehanna Valley for the first their first round game. And I mean, if you want a game that gets you pumped up for March Madness and just playoff basketball, that was it. Because it was a back and forth close game for most of it. Tioga goes up 52 to 40 with four minutes left in the fourth quarter. You're thinking, all right, they have this. They're, they're set. They don't. Susquehanna Valley storms back. They go to overtime at 54 to 54, I want to say it was. And Tioga was down 60 to 56 in overtime. Finishes the game on an 11 2 run and wins 67 62. Just a heck of a basketball game. Tioga looks like they're going to win, takes a punch, and trails in overtime, but still finds a way to come out on top with a big run. And, uh, Guess who was there? Kirk. Yes, Kirk was also there. Kirk Levinson show. Yeah. Um, other than that, Canton boys basketball has their season come to a close at Muncie. That was last, I believe that was last Wednesday, so we wouldn't have talked about it on our last taping. I don't think I'm forgetting anybody else. Sullivan County, their season ended as well. I believe that might have been at North Penn Liberty. Uh, that was that would have been early last week too. But we're coming down to it. We're getting ready to hit the state playoff portion of basketball PA-wise, state wrestling. For PA is only, what, it feels like a week away at this point. Yeah, so yeah. that'll be coming up soon enough as well. New York wrestling is wrapped for the year. Basketball state playoffs for that are coming up. I don't think we have anything else, um, anything left on your ledger to get to today. No. Uh, we'll do a quick, I guess, national minute. Uh, what's <laughs> been what's been bugging you in the national news, David? Anything good? Bugging I can start, me? but I'll throw it to you. I, anything you want to talk about, I'll, I'll open Bugging me to is Tobias Harris, but we won't have what's to What's up with on. Tobias Harris? I saw something online that said they wanted to give him a standing O, like they did with Trey Turner. It wouldn't work because Trey Turner was new to a situation <laughs> and very stressed out, overwhelmed at his new situation, trying to live up to a massive contract. 
Tobias Harris has had a massive contract for five years. Everybody in the NBA has a massive exactly. contract. <laughs> yeah. So I, it's a shame because I actually like like Tobias Harris as a person, as a human. He's like very, very cool person. Very, very disappointing on the basketball court. Anyway, I don't want to. I don't actually want to go That's into fine. a we tangent. Don't to, but we don't have to go into that. Um, one thing I will throw to you: we talked about what we could talk about national wise. We're not going to talk about the court storming that's been played out by yeah. anyone that gets a microphone to talk into. They give us a microphone to talk into sometimes, but we won't go there today. Talk about it amongst yourselves. I've witnessed a court storming in my life. I I've was, been. I've been into. I was media covering it, so I didn't. I didn't feel like I should run into the middle of the court storming. <laughs> I was, I was, in, that I was in the. I was in the basketball band at that point in time both, so, both yeah. temple games yeah okay so who'd they storm against kansas oh okay that's at the most prodigal center where the sixers play so my that's so, pretty cool my sophomore year it was like three days before christmas temple crushed them kansas was number 10 in the country at this okay. point and i was it was funny because i went there with my dad and my uncle and my cousin just to make a day of it but i was gonna watch the game with the band instead of them because i wanted to play in the band Someone forgot to bring the bass drum down from the campus to the basketball arena, like the because it's five miles away. Someone didn't bring it down with me, so I just watched the game from you know courtside basically the entire time, ten feet away from Bill Self. That's pretty cool. <laughs> and I guess Andrew Wiggins. Actually, that might have been I don't know, but uh, yeah, Temple won seventy-seven to fifty-two. It was unbelievable watching that game. Got to storm the court after it. Uh, I'm still. Very mad that Temple missed the tournament that year. They deserved to make the tournament and got spurned. And they, it was it was a better team than the next year that made the tournament. But the next year, Temple also beat SMU on their home court, on Temple's court. SMU was the last unbeaten team in the country before Temple beat them. Okay. But this was also a weird thing because SMU at that point had a postseason ban. Really? So their undefeated record didn't matter, but they were still ranked top 10 because they were the last yeah. unbeaten team. It was a, a team coached by Larry Brown. So that's, that's pretty cool. Dude. Yeah. So, so I got to do two course tournaments. They were fun. Uh, I guess not to go, you were saying we weren't going to talk about we're it. We're already but, on it. Yeah. We opened the door. So, but uh, I, course farming is such a great part of basketball, college basketball. I, it's probably a bit overplayed. I, I, I hate when I see ranked teams do it when they beat other ranked teams, but if it's like a legitimate upset, I'm all for it. It, which and and if if you don't know what we're talking about, this was last weekend now at this point. But yeah. Duke Wake Forest, Wake Forest beats Duke. Wake Forest is having one of its best years in recent memory. It's going to make the tournament for the first time since I twenty ten is the the year I've heard. Is it? So okay. they beat Duke at home. Anytime you beat Duke, it's a big deal yeah. in the ACC. You're one of those rivals. So they beat Duke. They storm the court. Kyle Filipowski, Duke player gets bumped into during the thing, and it's been a big deal ever since. Says he has a knee injury or it's an ankle injury. Him, It sounds like there's a little disconnect between yeah. him and the coach. And he played Wednesday night, so he must have been fine. But the the thing that put it in perspective for me was now, and I went to Maryland, so anytime I say something <laughs> bad about Duke, it comes off as, oh, you're just a Duke hater. But the guys that are that are beating on the drum the loudest are Duke alums. Jay Billis, Duke alum. Seth yeah. Davis, Duke alum. Yeah, so to, yeah. to, and be like, oh, this is, they need to get rid of this. It's because they're not allowed to do it, basically. So <laughs> I've been a part of 
I've been in person a witness to one court storming. It was Maryland played num- at the time number two Purdue. I had made arrangements to cover that game. I had I had just graduated. I hadn't had been to my ceremony yet because that was in May. I graduated in December. But I had talked to someone. I said, hey, I'm really trying to go to this game. I'm willing to cover it if you will if you guys will let me sit in the seat. So they let me sit in the seat and because I, I was hoping Purdue was going to be number one. You don't get many chances in life to watch the number one basketball team in the country yeah. play in person. So I, I, they lose before that. I believe it was Northwestern, so they're number two coming in. Again, Maryland just, it ends up being a boat race. They beat them. I think it was almost a 20-point win. And you can feel the energy. They're getting ready to storm the court. Yeah. They're getting ready to storm the court. One thing that I remember from those post-game press conferences is – Unless it happens in dramatic fashion, unless it's on a buzzer beater, there's ways to protect your players if you're the away team that's yeah. about to get stormed against. Yeah. So in that instance, Maryland, I believe, took a timeout. Uh, Kevin Willer, I, be- I believe this is how it went down. He took a timeout so that the Purdue players could get off the floor. Then the only guys that have to get off the floor are the ones playing in the game. And if you get to a point where you can dribble it out, they can get right towards the exit so that they're not caught up in the madness. Because it is a frenzy, but it's not... I don't believe it to be a malicious kind of frenzy. Yeah. And that's where this like disconnects coming in. So that was a couple minutes on court storming that I didn't think we were going to get into today. <laughs> the only other thing that I have, Oh, I have two last things. Um, Damian Lillard traded to the bucks and I've seen some quotes. I don't know the validity to these quotes completely, but I imagine some of them are a little bit accurate. Just about how bored he is being in Milwaukee. And it's like every all the discourse around it online has been, oh, boo-hoo, you have to. Like I saw there was a tweet last night. It was like, imagine making $78,000 an hour uh-huh. to play for 48 minutes max to do your job for 48 minutes maximum a night and then drive home in your Lambo and play video games in your mansion so uh, he i think he wanted to go to miami when he yeah, wanted to get he absolutely out, so, did. but he ends up in milwaukee so that's that um, and now they now they're just a mess too well do you throw doc rivers into the mix <laughs> who thought it was going to be fine i'll leave that alone the last last thing i have today is and this this is a homer homer take i not really a homer but a bias take Lakers win in dramatic fashion Wednesday night. It was a great game. LeBron with maybe the last vintage LeBron performance. We'll see. But just because I, and I say that not because I think he's on the way out. I, he could play for three more years, I think, if yeah. he wanted to. But eventually his body's just not going to be able to do what his mind allows him to. He goes for 36 points, I think was the final number. It was 34, 36, but he has five three-pointers in the fourth quarter. He outscores the Clippers on his own in the fourth <laughs> quarter. They were down 21, comes back to win in the last Clippers home game at Crypto.com Arena. So, oh, wow. That's, yeah. yeah. So that was pretty cool. I'm a Lakers fan. I've been a Lakers fan since the, the end of the Kobe days. I am the, not a Lakers fan. The biggest... Yeah, we know. We know, Dave. Yeah, well, <laughs> um, I am happy James Harden lost last night. So that's yeah, cool. so that's, I guess, a little a bright side <laughs> for David in that one. Uh, the biggest comeback win for the Lakers since before LeBron was drafted into the NBA. So Wow. Because I, I, I think it was April of 2003, and then they said at the end of the broadcast, LeBron was waiting to find out like which team he would play for. So that's the yeah. biggest of LeBron's career also. That's a that's a big deal. The NBA season yeah. is starting to heat up. We're post-All-Star break, so the playoffs are going to start rounding into form. The Cavs went on a half-court. Yeah, that was beater, crazy. Max Struess. Other than that, March Madness. I mean, you're going to be listening to this. It's March 1st, so March Madness is here, basically. Yeah. Uh, we're starting to get to the, the first four out, last four in kind of portion of the year. I guess there's there's the talk about expansion again for that. Just like There's like an 80-team idea. That's because too many. I we're good. We're, we're fine. I, now. I love more basketball. 
64. 64 feels right. 68, I'm cool with. You get a little appetizer before the before the tournament really starts on that Thursday. Yeah. But it's 64 teams. You got to... There is a difference between good, bad, and mediocre in college basketball. In most sports, but especially in college basketball. And typically, top 64 get in. They're all going to be pretty good teams for the most part. I don't feel like they get that too wrong most of the time. Yeah, it, should so. just, it should just be a badge of honor just to make the tournament. And I guess if it's 80, you could technically it's still like a fifth of the entire country. Yeah. But it 60, it's it's the perfect setup the way it is. I don't even care for the first four games. I just I don't want thir- the Thursday and Friday to be met. The, the, that first Thursday through Sunday is the best weekend the, of the year. Agreed. I like Final Four weekend a lot. I, I, I really enjoy Final Four weekend, but that's it's the most basketball you're ever going to get. Yeah. It feels like that Thursday through yeah. Sunday stretch. So much chaos. Other than that, I don't think I have anything else. Do you have anything else today? No. So uh, we'll, we'll kind of sign off here. If, if we missed something, if we forgot something, if we omitted something, uh, we're sorry. We didn't do it intentionally. <laughs> it don't. I, you can blame us if you want, but we did our try to do our best here today. We're working with an underman crew. We we've gone from five people two weeks ago to two. I people. know, right? <laughs> Peak at the Super Bowl. We're trying to find Johnny. We haven't been able to find him lately. He's uh, he's he doesn't follow the high school scene a whole lot, so he's really in here just for that NFL top. Hopefully. He doesn't even follow college. Though. Yeah, so, the only like, NFL stuff we have, the combine's coming up, and then the draft will be here before we know it. So I assume by the time the draft rolls around, we'll have a yeah. full table again. Uh, well, opening day for baseball, I'm sure. Johnny can be in here for that now that he's kind of a brand new baseball fan. So, so other than that, I'll sign us off today on the B section podcast. I'm Logan Hill for David golf. Uh, check out David's coverage in the morning times. I've got stuff going in the daily review. Most, most every day at this point with the playoffs here and postseason kind of rolling, check us out um, in either of those papers, pick them up. They're on newsstands. Other than that, uh, this is the B section and, and we'll sign off here today. <laughs>